Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, Lottie Dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? It's here. Opening day is here. We are hours away from satisfaction or... Uh, another horrible start to the year. So give me your thoughts on, on opening day and how excited you are right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's T-minus uh, 12 and a half hours-ish. Uh, Actually, I can't even do math. It's like 15 hours. I don't even know. Um, yeah, it's like 15 <laughs> hours. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're getting close. And, it, yeah, like we were talking before the show started, it, it feels like it kind of just flew by. I mean, at first spring training was kind of dragging on, but then suddenly we're here and it's like, whoa, out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, gonna be fun to see how the team kind of clicks. Uh, we'll obviously get a little bit into the roster now that that's been announced. Um, I sadly can't watch the game, so I'll probably be watching, uh, I mean, I have MLB TV, so I'll probably watch the replay, you know, late tomorrow night, but, um, looking forward to seeing how, uh, they look tomorrow. Yeah, the 25-man roster was, uh, settled for, for the meantime, at least. Uh, there were some definite question marks. Uh, we'll get in that uh, a little later with our guests. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we are happy and, and proud to bring Zach but Zach Bunt Dustin back, uh, who just recently signed with the Athletic. Who I, I, the Athletics just snatch, snatching up all the talent, it seems like. But uh, what's going on, Dustin? How are you doing, man? Congratulations about your new gig with the Athletic. Ah, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, happy to be back on the show, and I uh, appreciate the kind words. And uh, looking forward to the season and just continuing to cover the team. No, it's it's great stuff. I mean, the Athletic is, is definitely a fast rising uh, news periodical slash website. I mean, I talked to Dennis Lynn uh, in spring training briefly about his new gig. He was excited as well, not having to have uh, you know uh, an editor kind of setting you up with what you have to write. He, he was happy about having a little more of a free reign. I don't know exactly what uh, what kind of uh, I don't know what kind of projects they give you athletic, but give me a little bit about how that came about and, and how excited are you for, to be able to write for such a up and coming uh, website? Uh, very excited. Um, you mentioned Dennis, he's been, he's been doing a great job uh, covering the team and he, he, he's, he started out uh, when, when they started with San Diego, he was the, the guy they hired and uh, he's been doing an awesome job. And yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a great opportunity to write for a, for a site that, like you said, it gives a lot of freedom. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much free to uh, kind of take whatever angles I want, and there's certainly a lot of guidance there, but um, there's a lot of freedom too. And it, it's awesome to write for a site that that has so many talented writers. You mentioned Dennis. Um, they they just they just hired uh, Corey Brock today, the the old Padres beat writer, to uh, yeah. start covering covering the Mariners, and you know Ken Rosenthal and Eno Saris and just uh, a ton of names. So it's it's a great opportunity, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. No, very very well deserved. We're we're extremely happy for you, man. I, 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 what took them so long to find you? I know it, it took a it took a little bit for them to establish their, their San Diego market. We're yeah. not exactly a, a sports uh, juggernaut over here, but I'm certainly happy that they found you, man. You you you've written such great stuff about the team, and the analytical spin that you bring is, is something that uh, is definitely up and coming, and something that a lot of people want to digest for sure. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Cool. Yeah, man, it's 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 great. Uh, so let's let's get into the roster a little bit. Uh, Andy Green finalized the twenty-five man roster. Uh, I think the first thing initially, everyone kind of, I don't know, turned a, a little bit chicken little uh, uh, about it was the fact that he decided to keep three catchers. He kind of alluded to that fact early in spring training. I was actually at the press conference where he mentioned that. I, I didn't buy into it then, but he 
prove me wrong and decide to keep three catchers. Give me your immediate uh, reaction on that, Dustin. Uh, it was a little surprising. I, I didn't think they were would end up carrying the, the three catchers. I know, like you mentioned, it was uh, talked about a little bit, and uh, you know, it just kind of just kind of hamstrings your roster. And you've got you got two guys sitting there as, as backups every every night, and um, it's you know it's tough to play them at any other position. And t- to be kind of frank, uh, neither of those guys are, are really good players at, at this point. Um, but you know, on the flip side, I, I think AJ Ellis does bring some. Uh, some kind of fringe skills to to the team, and I, I did think they were gonna they were gonna keep him for that kind of veteran presence. And uh, he, he ranks as one of the best game callers in in the game. It's you know based on working with pitchers and calling the right pitches. And uh, Baseball Prospectus did a, a study on it a couple years ago, and and he was the number one guy. So I'm not so much interested in in what he can bring in that, but but what can he kind of impart on Austin Hedges in in that regard? So that, that's kind of interesting from, from that perspective. And then Lopez, I think they like that he's a left-handed bat and, uh, you know, gives him a different look. And he has a little more offensive potential. But at the same time, I don't know how long they'll they'll be able to stick with uh, the three guys. I'm guessing it, you know, it won't last all season. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I know they valued Lopez's left-handed bat, power bat. Um, you know, perhaps Franchi Cordero going down kind of made that happen. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the fact that it probably won't be a long-term thing. Uh, they're going to have to clear a, a spot next week when Tyson Ross's uh, spot is coming up in Houston. Uh, we I mentioned Frenchie Cordero as well. Uh, do you think one of those two catchers will ultimately have to be sent down or, or, or released uh, in the coming weeks? That's what I would guess. I'm not sure how long they plan to, to stick with it. It'll probably depend on, you know, just normal things, performance, who's hitting well, who's you know, who's getting the best work in with the pitchers and, and stuff like that. But um, I, I hope I hope they don't stick with it all year just because I think it, it kind of limits limits the looks that you can get at other guys. And I'd rather see them, you know, throw a, a fringy relief, like a, a, an interesting reliever on the team over one of those guys. Or like like you mentioned, Franchi Cordero, something like that. It, it just takes away too much of the roster. And they, they did it all last year, but... In that case, they had a Rule Five guy in a Luis Torrens. Mm-hmm. You, you, you kind of understood it. They were trying to uh, trying to hide Torrens a little bit. But this year, there's really there's really no excuse to go with the three catchers all season. So I'm guessing they're they're going to limit it to to two at some point. Uh, I'm not sure when they'll make the change, but that would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's it's going to be really short lived. I mean, you need Tyson Ross up to be the fifth starter. I mean, by I think it's April sixth, they're saying. Um, because of the because of the days off and how it shakes out the first uh, week or so, um, but yeah, I just don't really see the point of carrying a thirty year old catcher. And then I, I don't even know how old AJ Ellis is. He's like probably like thirty, what thirty seven, thirty eight at this point. Yeah, um, he's thirty seven. So, yeah, so there's I just don't see the point of carrying three catchers. Um, there's really I, I just don't ever see a logic in having three catchers. I think it's poor roster construction, kind of for the the same reasons you alluded to, Dustin, that you're kind of hamstringing your your roster. I mean, having two guys off the bench to be catchers, they can't play in another position. I don't really I don't really see much value in having a catcher batting off the bench. I mean they say, oh they like the left handed power bat, but it's like how how many times do you really need a left handed power bat off the bench, especially for a team who's not really pushing contention this year it just it just seems kind of useless and i'm not going to get too upset about it because it's the opening day roster and literally i think just about every team's going to be have a different roster within a week or two so it's, it's not going to be something that's going to be consistent you know um right. so I'm not, I'm not really too worried about it i think it's going to change pretty quick um i'm kind of curious as to your thoughts on austin hedges we're talking catchers um do you think he has a big year i mean do you think he takes a step forward offensively or do you think this is the kind of guy he is you know a, a 220, 240 hitter at best, and just great defense. What do you kind of think on that uh, for him this season? Yeah, um, you know, he, he came into spring with that that swing change, and I think he hit like what four home runs in the in the first four games or something like that. Yeah, and uh, we got all excited, and you know, rightfully so. <laughs> you you kind of you kind of dreaming on, on Hedges becoming a, a good hitter and and imagining the player that that he can be, but uh, you kind of tailed off since then, and it's, it's spring training, so you know, it's it's not a big deal either way, but um. I think he'll make some some strides offensively, but I'm not sure, um, you know, how big they'll be. I think he can be better than what he was last year, and he's got some power, so so that's nice. But uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be like a league average hitter anytime soon. 
But but I do think and I have a an article that should be coming out pretty soon at the Athletic about his defense, and it was great last year. And my argument I don't want to get I don't want to spoil too much of it, but is that it it can get even better. And when you, when you look at like pitch framing, throwing out runners, um, the the game calling stuff that I mentioned with with Ellis, Hedges was one of the best in the league last year. But but I think there's there's room for him to take that to an even to another level. So yeah, I think he's going to be a, a kind of a you know a, a little bit of a hole offensively. But he's probably the best catcher in the game right now, and I think he could get even better there. So I think overall he'll have a, a big year next year, but mostly on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, I think for for me, the biggest thing I want for him is, is just more consistency. I mean, last year he hit 214, got on base, had a 260 clip. I mean, if he can bump the average up to, you know, 240 and get on base at like a 300 clip, I think that's going to be a, a productive player. I mean, that doesn't really scream productive player when you think about it. But at the catcher position, obviously the threshold's lower. Um, with the defense, I think you can take a little bit of, um, I don't want to say mediocrity on offense, but, you know, you can take those lumps. Um, I think the big thing is he needs to walk more consistently. I mean, he only had a what like five percent walk rate last year, so that's one thing I kind of want to want to see more of for him. Um, but yeah, I like what you said about the defense, and uh, looking forward to reading that piece, obviously. And anyone that's not subscribed to the Athletic already, uh, I don't know what you're doing, so you should probably get on that um, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have. It seems like you guys have deals every week where it's like fifty yeah. percent off. So. I mean, yeah, exactly. There's no reason to not at this point. I mean, no, there's there's a lot of good deals and and there's just a, like a ton of coverage. Like you don't just get the Padres stuff. You get all the other baseball stuff, all the other teams. You get uh you know some football, basketball, hockey. If if you're into hockey, um there there's all kinds of great sports writing there. So yeah, for sure, um subscribe if if you if you if you can. Yeah, there's and, there's definitely a lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah, on hedges, um like you mentioned, if he could just walk a little bit more and strike out a little bit less, um, you know, he'd, he'd be fine. And that's easier or easier said than done. But, you know, he doesn't have to make a, a huge jump to, to be a, a more valuable hitter. He's got enough power from a catcher, from a defensive catcher to where, he, like you said, he doesn't have to hit a ton to, to be really valuable. So it, we'll see what he does this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, moving on, I want to talk about a little bit, little bit of other stuff on the 25-man roster. Um I think the big surprise I saw was that uh, Jordan Lyles made the roster over Phil Maton, which I think that rubs some people the wrong way, including myself. Um, I wanted your thoughts on that, and I think it's kind of interesting that a guy with a guaranteed contract made the roster over a you know guy that just broke into the big leagues last year. So I kind of wanted your thought on that. And it, is it just because Lyles has a major league contract, or do you think there's more to it than that? <sighs> I would guess that there's more to it because you know we we've seen the Padres like they've they've eaten a lot of money in the last few years to to kind of get rid of guys so I can't imagine them carrying a guy just because he's got you know what what's the contract like a million there's a million I think it's only yeah. a million right like yeah. I, I can't see him I can't see that being the the sole reason for them to keep a player that they must see something in Lyles that they they sort of like and I'll, I'll be honest like I haven't looked really closely at him but but the times that I have I you know, I don't really see um, a whole lot there. But, um, you know, he, he's okay. I mean, he could be okay, I guess. That's kind of the, the upside. But they, they've been pretty good at evaluating kind of fringy arms. So you, you give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And um, I heard John Conniff today on, on the radio talking about Maton back in the minors and having, having him work on, uh, like, his secondary pitches, uh, the slider, the breaking ball, and that, that he relied a little bit too much on that fastball. So maybe they just want to tune him up a little bit more in A. And kind of bring him back, you know, a month into the season. So, uh, like we mentioned before, the, the roster is so fluid that that you kind of you kind of want to wait and see. But yeah, I'm I was a little confused by Lyles making the team. I didn't I didn't think he would make it out of all the arms that they have. But you know, maybe they see something and uh, we'll get a look and, and see if he can do anything. I know he didn't pitch too great in in, the, in spring training. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's appeared in 182 games in the big league, 681 innings. He's got a 5.43 ERA, so I, I just don't see the obsession here. It seems like he's had yeah. just chance after chance. I mean, obviously, he pitched in Houston, had some success. Pitched in Colorado, had some success. But I think in between the lines of success was a lot of, you know, poor outings. So for me, I, I just don't really. Yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of guys that I could I would have rather seen over him. I mean, Rowan Wick didn't make the team. My family member Colton Brewer. Yeah, your family team. member. He's not really my family member, but I like to say that. Um, shout, I mean, yeah. wouldn't it have been fun to watch him pitch tomorrow against the Brewers on opening day? I mean, come on, just just saying. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, moving on. Um, yeah. So I I don't get the obsession with Lyles, but I mean, 
odds are he goes out there and he, he blows up and he's not very good. And then they, I don't know if they release him or send him back to the minors, but I, I just don't see him ever being more than what we see now. So that was kind of interesting here, here, to me. I'll, I'll give you a little bit on Lyles and what my conspiracy theory is on him. The rotation is patchwork right now. You have Lamette done. You have uh, Erland coming back from Tommy John surgery. Lamette is have... done. He's dead. Well, he's done for the meantime, and we'll get into that in the in future about what his future is. But uh, Tyson Ross is another question mark. I, I know Jordan Lyles is upside is good or average, and that's an extreme upside. But wait, his upside major, is good. As good as an average. I mean, if you're a major league pitcher, you're good, right? I mean, uh, I mean, I guess we're talking in terms of compared to other major league pitchers. Compared I to Sunday, say he's good. yeah, kind of, like he's. Well, He's way better than like any of us, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So what, what no, are the what are all the, what, what are the alternatives if come May we only have a healthy Luis Perdomo and Clayton Richard and, and even Brian Mitchell might have taken a shit by then. So I mean, what's the alternatives? Lucchese and Lauer and you know you're good. Well, yeah, and you have Lockett, but I'm just saying Lyles provides a little bit of a veteran type presence. I mean, I'm I, I don't know. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate for for this. I I, I don't. Condone Jordan Lyles on the twenty-five man roster by any means. I would have rather seen Buddy Bauman in there personally myself, but you I know, mean, it, I get why I'm, they I'm did just it. It's, to... just, it's just kind of stupid, is what I'm trying. No, to say. I, and I don't think the money has anything to do with that at all because it's only a million dollars. And I just think it's kind of convenient. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, it's, a, it's a bad look when you sign a guy to a major league contract in that kind of market. And well, they did that crap. really early, and, yeah. and they did that before the market absolutely went south. That, so I'm that's sure the they... reason I brought up. I think it's kind of interesting that they did sign him to a major league contract, and then obviously there's guys in the scrap heap still that you probably could have signed for basically nothing that probably would be better than Jordan Lyle. So that's my kind of point in making. Yeah, that, that I mean, what did Lynn sign for? What did Lynn sign for for a year? Wasn't it only 12? like four and a half? No, he signed so, for okay. twelve. I mean, okay, okay, okay. He got, thought, he got a I... decent amount of money, but it's like. There's guys still out there that I, I would arguably say would be better than – I mean, I would have rather signed like Tim Lincecum or Jake Peavy and let them pitch. I would have rather had Chris Young. I mean, I, I don't know why Chris Young didn't pitch. I'd rather have Chris Young out there, honestly. At least there's some nostalgia, you know, bring people to the ballpark. The guy's a giant. I mean, he's fun to watch. Old friends, uh, Trevor Cahill only only got $1.5 million. Yeah, I mean, I would rather Trevor, guy, but... trade Trevor Cahill at the deadline again, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> God, well, the Royals have got to be just kicking themselves in the head for that. I mean, I see Buckters is is pitching for the for the A's now. So basically, they, they traded nothing. I think they 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 traded Strom and Ruiz for for Brandon Mauer. Oh man, that's yeah. no, that has got to be that's painful. Okay. I will say that I was I was such a defender of of Brandon Mauer for so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I died yeah. on that hill for so long, and I think I eventually was like, yeah, I'm just gonna stop because they traded him, so I don't really care what he does from now on. <laughs> I mean, he could turn out to be a, a decent major league arm, but the the upside with Ruiz is just phenomenal, and, and Strom is. Is exciting. I can't wait to see him tow the rubber at some point this year. So, have we? Speaking of Strom, have we heard what the plan is with him? I mean, I think they said he's going to start the year in the DL, but I mean, does that mean they're stretching him out, or does that mean he's going to be in the pen? Uh, I haven't heard anything recent, but indications from Green were that his knee was still bothering him, and that they do want him in the rotation eventually, but they want him to be out there when he's a hundred percent and not risk injury, which is, which is smart. He's a young arm. He's controlled well for a long time so i think they're just going to take it easy with him but he's definitely someone i think we'll see in the rotation at some point this year uh dustin give me your thoughts on on, on strom i know that's a, a popular name uh analytically speaking like can i go back to cahill real quick yeah no worries <laughs> please I'm do just, i'm just looking i'm just looking up his numbers like when he, when he was with the padres he was obviously really good and and i was i was high on him and you know i i thought that that he was just he was having a great year like you didn't know where it came from but he was having a good year let, let's say when they they traded him to the to the Royals he pitched 23 innings he walked 21 guys only struck out 15 and gave up 10 wow. home runs like wow. I, I know I, I almost had a bet with uh with change the Padres David Marver about how he was going to do the the rest of the way and luckily that one never got made because he would have won because I I thought he was going to remain a solid pitcher but it, I think that's just that's just interesting from a perspective of you know the Padres trading him at when his value was was so high and then like yeah. what happened afterwards. But well, didn't he go on the on the didn't he go on the DL shortly? Yeah, I think I think he right went before on the DL, the, he got so. traded. I mean, the Royals should have had some red flags that his shoulder 
which had been a constant issue with him was was already bulky. So yeah, no uh, kudos to think... kudos to Propeller for taking advantage of it. And I mean, what the hell are the Royals doing? I mean, this is the type of thing that you need to. I mean, did they really think they were in a in a playoff run last year to to be no, able know, to that's... to move young talent? I and mean, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's just interesting to to see the way that players play and kind of you know the ups and downs of a season. But uh, to getting back to to Matt Strom, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to to see what he can do. Um, I know some some of the numbers kind of kind of like him, like the spin rates and stuff like that. And uh, the scouts seem to seem to sort of like him too. I think he reached like the top 100 prospects one year, maybe by by like Eric Long and Hagen or something. So he, he's an interesting guy, a left-hander, and. Uh, I, I kind of hope that they they stretch him out and try him in the rotation at some point because this is a season where you, you want to try out these guys. He's he's a, you know he's he's not one of the top arms necessarily on the you know in the, in the minors or anything, but he's somebody that could they could carve out a, a niche on this team going forward as a maybe a back end starter or maybe eventually a, a reliever. But uh, certainly interested to see to see what he does this season, and I, I hope they they give him a, a good long look in the rotation at some point. Yeah, no, it it still it it blows my mind to think that the Royals gave away both Ruiz and Strom for him, but it's the nature of the business, right? I mean, value of these guys goes up and down, and, and it can go up and down real quick. So, uh, kudos again to the the Padres staff and, and the scouting department. Don't forget they got Travis Wood too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how could I forget Travis Wood? I mean, I thought for sure he was going to put it together, and they were going to trade him, and then now he's not even on the team. So no. yeah, I was wrong on that one. Um, let's uh, let's go kind of move on a little bit to uh, maybe another one-hit wonder type guy. Um, we had Ho- uh, Jose Perella had a big year last year. Um, a lot of people kind of want to say it's fluky. Um, I know how I feel about that. And we also have a guy named Hunter Renfro also on the team. Both are on the opening day roster. So uh, I want uh, Dustin's going to throw his uh, his uh, r- his name in the ring here and talk about uh, the Perella versus Renfro debate. So uh, what are your thoughts, Dustin? Well, yeah, I'm. Hesitantly on a uh, team Renfro on this one. Um, Boo. Uh, uh, I, I think you know that a lot gets talked about with, with Renfro's uh, rookie season in a negative light and, and probably rightfully so. But he was still close to an average hitter. Um, he's got a lot of raw power. Uh, he has a big arm, you know, <laughs> not very accurate, but uh, he has some some tools. And he was a prospect that that the Padres were high on for for quite a long time, and that they. They stuck with, you know, through all the trades and everything. And I just think it's too early to, to give up on him. He's, he's only, I think, 26 now. He's a couple years younger than Perella. Um, he, he probably has about as much raw power as anyone in the organization. And I just want to see, you know, another, another whatever, three months or, or a full season just to see if he can put it together. Um, he could be one of those guys who just, you know, just – doesn't see the ball well you know just struggles with plate discipline and strikeouts and, and recognizing breaking pitches and, and all that stuff um he's kind of got that that Jeff Francoeur vibe to him but sometimes those guys oh, <laughs> oh, that's a good comp right there <laughs> well I, I'm on team Renfro but like I said he- hesitantly <laughs> but uh no I, I actually do like Renfro and I I mean to a degree and I, and I hope they stick with him and, and give him another chance just wow. just to see if he puts it together and like you said there's some there's some interesting you know there's some 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 raw some tools that he has and uh, I don't want to see him give up on him too early and at the same time with Perella I think he can still play and I think he deserves a chance to play on the team and, and he can bounce between left field and second base and and maybe third base even and, and just kind of bounce around and get you know three four five hundred plate appearances or whatever and and just split time in, in that way and uh, I think they can both play on the big league team quite quite often. I, I love that Frank Hoare comp right there. I mean that. <laughs> When I think about yeah. uh, Renfro, I mean, it, Frank. I never thought about Frank Cor, but that's a that's a good comp. Not a comp guy, but that's a that's a pretty good comp for 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 Hunter. Yeah, I've definitely heard that one before. I think it's uh, yeah. it's pretty solid. Um, honestly, for, for me, Hunter Renfro, it's like he's so good against left-handed pitchers, and then he's just so bad against right-handed pitchers that when you when you're in a league like obviously the majors where most pitchers are right-handed, I mean. You can't really survive on a, a 66 WRC plus. I mean, he was sporting a 177 WRC plus last year against uh, lefty, so that's pretty insane. Uh, that's 114 at bats, and then he had 331 at bats against righties, and he he hit 202. So you kind of yeah. see a big, big, huge gap there. And I mean, yeah, 
as a platoon player, he he could be a great platoon player if he played, you know, just against left-handers. But obviously, the Padres see more there, and they, I think they want to see more there. Um, so I think it remains to be seen if he can do more against righties. But at this point, I just don't know to expect much more from him because we've seen this from him the last few years, and we've seen it for, what, six years in the minors. And he's kind of always been the same player. It's just a lot of power, not a lot else. Um, so I, I just don't see him ever kind of being more than what he is now. No, that's that's a good point about the about the platoon splits and everything. He he, he definitely has to to get better against righties, and you know the the hope from you know from the Padres' perspective or the way I look at it is that you know he should naturally get a little better. You can't get much worse against right-handers, so you, you hope he just gets a, a little better and, and keeps crushing lefties and, and kind of could make it work but it's certainly a good point he's got to prove that he can that he can uh, face a right-handed pitcher and you know hang up and lay off those breaking balls and and just kind of have good at bats where against lefties he's, he's a whole different player it seems like yeah I yeah def- no oh go ahead james the padres the padres are, are definitely frustrated with with his lack of flight discipline i mean uh, on base percentage is something that andy green's preaching a lot more of these days um he talked to me specifically about Renfro and, and about the fact that he his demotion last year was about adjustments and the fact that he failed to make them. Yeah, I, it, it, I don't know. He's not an A.J. Preller draftee. He wasn't drafted by the scouting department and, and the current philosophies that they have. So I, I just see him as an odd man out, sadly. But I do see your point in, in the fact that he does have this raw power. And at his age, he is capable of just getting it and, and putting it all together. You know, I don't expect him to be a 300 hitter, but if he can walk 30, 40 times a year and bring his on-base percentage up to 320, I mean, that, that's at least serviceable. But, you know, it, it's, it's a long road for him. Uh, I, I just wonder with Cordero coming up and with other young outfielders on the rise whether or not they're going to have patience for him in long term and give him that uh, the two three four hundred at bats that's necessary to evaluate him and then we talk about trade value and whether he ha- he probably still has a substantial amount of trade value right now I'm probably not he's not no one's knocking down the door for him but there's going to be player teams that are intrigued uh, with him right now but if he puts up another 300 400 at bats where he's hitting 200 against right-handed pitchers then teams just aren't going to be willing to give him a shot. And I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what, what Preller, Green, and, and what the Padres do with him. But it's, he's a definite enigma for sure. Uh, so yeah, I wanted no, to actually – I kind of wanted to talk about the rest of the outfield and kind of how we saw that shake out. So um, obviously you have Will Myers going to be starting somewhere. Not sure if it's left or right. Uh, Manny Margot is going to be kind of holding down the everyday spot in center. Um Matt Caesar's the guy they chose as the backup. I know some people are kind of questioning that. Um, I like yeah. the move. I think I like Caesar better than Jankowski, and I think Jankowski needs to be playing every day because at this point, Jankowski does not look like a viable. To me, he doesn't look like a viable big leaguer. Really, I mean, he doesn't hit enough. I mean, the defense is great, the speed is great, but those things fade quick uh, for players mm-hmm. as they get into like their late twenties. And I mean, he's already kind of old, old for a. I guess you can't really call him a prospect at this point, but. I think he still kind of has some of that prospect kind of status because he hasn't really broken into the big leagues full-time just yet. So I wonder your thoughts on kind of the, the choice of Caesar over Jankowski and if you kind of agree with that or if you thought Jankowski should make the team. Uh, I was leaning towards Jankowski, actually, but not, you know, not, um, you know, it could have went either way. I, I could see it going either way. Uh, my, my thought was just that he was a left-handed bat and that he that he's actually profiles as, as a kind of a good bench player in terms of, you know, he's, he's a good defender. He's really fast. So you, you get him on, you know, pinch running, stolen bases, um, you know, playing defense late, late in games, and then getting occasional starts against a, a right-handed pitcher. But um, I, under, I I get your point about playing in the minors. And, you know, if, if he has a little value left, you, you might as well let him play every day and, and kind of see what he does down there. Um, Caesar, I, I, I think he's he's fine. Like, last year he, he, he had a bunch of walks and, like, yeah, he's an on-base guy. He's yeah, an on-base yeah. guy. No, right. He's he's a good on-base guy. He, he had a bunch of walks, and uh, you know his average was low, but that that can fluctuate. And you know, he's a, he's a fine fourth or fifth outfielder. I just think he makes he makes more sense to me on like a on a good team as like a fourth or fifth outfielder, yeah. where yeah. <laughs> where he's not really interesting from a from a long-term perspective. There's there's probably really little little chance that he would ever um you know make this team in it you know stay on the team for for another year or two. So. 
I think he just makes sense uh, on a contender to, to, to kind of fill in the same role. I don't really see him playing much anyways, and there's there's little chance that he, he accumulates any, any trade value. So he's kind of a, an odd man out in that way. But, um, you know, he, he's on the team, and they have him, and they, they'll, you know, use him as a bench player for now and kind of see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a no-options kind of guy. They, they really had to keep him. You know, he had a 358 on base percentage last year in 170 at bats. Walk 30 times in 170. Man, could you imagine yeah. Renfro? How long? How many at bats would it take Renfro to walk 30 times? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's tough because they're trying to to turn this team into get, getting giving more productive at bats from everyone all the way through the lineup, and I can see why they kept the Caesar. But it's still it's still early, and it's we're, I mean we're not even in April yet. So to say that the roster is what it is now and it will be in the long run is is you know asinine at this point. Uh, you know, Andy Green indicated many times that it's going to take thirty, forty, forty five men to make a successful year and make a successful team. So this is just the first look grip, uh, first look that we have of this team. Uh, a lot of people are are just you know going crazy and. and throwing out all these judgments but it's early the the team's still form, being formulated so let's just let, let's just relax lyle caesar rafi lopez people like that might not necessarily be on the on the team when it's all said and done we'll just have to wait and see right i, I for Agreed. one love matt caesar so yeah I, I do too but dustin made a great point he's he's a he's a great number four number five guy on a contending team and, and at this point he's just Taking up roster space from from a player that, that needs to be evaluated, a pitcher that could be evaluated. And, Wait, who's he taking uh, roster space from, though? Well, uh, eventually from a Cordero or from. Well, I know you don't like Jankowski, but I mean someone I mean, like that. I, so. I'm not going to be mean, but Jankowski kind of sucks. I mean, from everything you've shown us, he can't hit big <laughs> league pitching. I mean, sure he's. Tell me how you really feel, Patrick. I mean, he's fat. He's fast <laughs> and he plays good defense, but he he can't hit. So it's like. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Well, a guy I mean, that's just they, like they that. have five. They have five right-handed outfielders at this point right now. So you, it so? makes sense to. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not a big right-handed, left-handed kind of guy, but it, I I'm just. Yeah, I don't think it matters much, especially with right-handers, because right-handers can hit right-handed pitching. I mean, it's, I think it's a bigger deal for lefty lefties because obviously there's some lefties that just can't hit lefties for anything. Um, so I think that's a bigger issue on the other side. Um, for me, if you have right-handers that can hit right-handed pitching, you're fine. Um, and Hunter Renfro would probably be the one that's really the big black hole. Um, I'd have to look at the splits, but I think the rest of those guys are pretty decent against right-handed pitchers, so I, I, nothing really jumps out. Um, Jose Perello's pretty decent against, right, against right-handed pitchers. Uh, Myers, same thing. Um, I'd have to look at Margot, but I, I think about the same. He's pretty consistent on both. Um, see, I don't really care. I guess for a contending team, it makes a lot more sense to have you know a more balanced lineup, but for a team that's where the Potters are currently, I mean, it's it's I think it's more of a long term issue you have to consider. But for now, I think I'm fine with Jankowski getting everyday playing time because he can really show if he's worth you know being a fixture of the team long term. And for what it's worth, Caesar yeah. uh, Caesar batted uh, 135 times against righties, 60 times against lefties, and he had 100 he had 100 WRC plus against lefties, which is exactly league average, and a 93 against righties, which is a lot better than Hunter Renfro. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the, the Hunter Renfro bashing continues. I will, I will do it forever. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. Yeah. Maybe not forever. <laughs> not, not forever. Uh, let's had... move on to more positive topics now. Let's talk about Denelson Lamette's elbow because that's uh, you know, oh, he's he's gonna get Tommy John. He's gonna be out for the rest of his life. He's done. <laughs> Dustin, I'd like your. You wrote something today about uh, about MRIs and. Just let's talk about Lament and and what exactly. Yeah, it's it's just tough being a Padre fan because I, it just it seems one thing after another. Uh, but give me a little bit of, on Denelson Lament and, and the elbow injury that he's suffering right now. Well, uh, the season hasn't even started yet, so I'm trying to stay positive. Um, but yeah, exactly. uh, you know, I I, I tried to. Everybody on on Padres Twitter was uh was wondering why the Padres haven't gotten an, an MRI for, for Lamette. And I think that's a totally legitimate thing. Like I, w- I was thinking the same thing. Like the guy walks off the mound with elbow pain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, MRIs are designed to uh, help diagnose stuff like that. And it's standard procedure for a pitcher to, to generally get one 
after something like that to see if there's any uh, structural structural damage and, and all that stuff. So my my kind of the way I looked at it was they're 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 not doing this like to sabotage their own team on on purpose. You know what I mean? There, there there's got to be a, a method to it of why they haven't got one yet. And I looked at some stuff about MRIs and like adverse long term health effects and. I don't really want to get into that right here, right, right now. I'm sure nobody really wants to hear about that. But uh, <laughs> the the more interesting thing was that that uh, they, they can be inconclusive the the results of an MRI and the the Padres. My my guess is they went through the you know a protocol with a doctor or whatever, and they tried to diagnose it you know without the without the test obviously. And whatever they did, whether it was asking Lamette, you know when when did he feel the pain or you know how does this feel, how does that feel. Um, I guess, like, looking at his elbow, feeling it, doing whatever doctors do, um, that they were able to diagnose that it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a torn uh, UCL or anything like that. And there was a problem with the, the muscle in there, the, the flexor, um, mm-hmm. and that they didn't want to have the MRI because they, they didn't want to kind of muddle the picture anymore and, and kind of say, oh, he's got a little bit of a, a tear in the UCL, but that's normal, and what do we do now? So my, my thoughts that they, they just – they think they have – you know, they have it diagnosed and they, they don't want to confuse the picture anymore. And they're just going to wait a month and, and see. And if he gets better in a month and starts throwing 90, you know, 95 again and feels totally fine, well, you figure, okay, you know, we, we had it right. And if he doesn't, then then you go with the MRI and, and see if there's any uh, structural damage in there. And you only end up losing like a month a month of time. So that, that was my thought on that. I'm kind of, I'm not necessarily defending the Padres because, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about it. And, uh, I can understand why people are concerned that they haven't got that done yet. And it seems like kind of a lackadaisical approach to it, but I think there's probably a method there somewhere. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my take on it. I I think it's funny that a lot of doctors uh, come up on Twitter whenever this kind of yeah. happens. <laughs> well, I, I mean, felt like one last night I was had like 18 different tabs up. I'm reading about like <laughs> DNA structural breaking and all these terms that I, I don't understand. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I have no, I, I have no clue about most of that stuff, and uh, yeah, that's, I know what you're saying. Yeah, for those who, uh, for those who don't subscribe to uh, Dustin's newsletter, you, you definitely should. He, he wrote up a little bit about Lamette's injury, um, and yeah, it was definitely an interesting read. Um, yeah, I was kind of doing the same thing, like trying to read into uh, elbow injuries and MRIs, and my brain started to yeah. hurt, so I just went to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, same here. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, obviously, with with what happened to Anderson Espinosa, I think everyone's kind of jittery a little bit in terms of yeah. pitchers. Um, and with so many good pitching prospects, I mean, that's really where, where this turns into, you know, when, when are they going to start getting hurt? Because, you know, pitching prospects, uh, they, they say tin step. There's no such thing as a pitching yeah. prospect. I don't know if you guys heard that, that term before. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out over the next, where they say like four to six weeks he's supposed to be out at least, so... Mm-hmm. Um, we'll kind of see. It seems how... like there there's some optimism that he he could come back even even sooner than that. But that's just you know who knows. But I I understand. Yeah, I know what you, you know you're saying and what other people are saying with the the, the past history with guys like uh, Espinosa and Tyson Ross and, and you can you can go on and on there. So it's, it's definitely concerning. Um, I guess just kind of fingers crossed at this point and hoping that that he's back on the mound in you know late April or early May or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Um. So moving on from that, I kind of want to talk about the rest of the pitching staff a little bit. Um, I think Clayton Richard, not too much to say. I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point. Um, one guy I'm kind of interested to see, obviously you just mentioned him, Tyson Ross. Um, he'll obviously start the year in, I mean, I guess he's not really starting the year in the minor leagues because the minor leagues haven't started yet. So he's kind of in a little bit of a, a limbo yeah. purgatory before he's needed for that first uh, start on, I think they said April 6th is when they need the fifth starter. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see what he does I'm, I'm i'm curious to see your thoughts on if he can kind of return to at least somewhat of the previous uh tyson ross form yeah i'm, I'm with you i'm interested to see to see what he does i didn't i didn't catch too much of him in spring i know i know he pitched pretty well um i got his numbers up here right now 15 uh 15 innings 11 11 strikeouts six walks i mean you know there's there's only so much you can read into into spring stats but but he was he was solid uh, i know there was some some good reports that, that he looked good and, and, and stuff like that. And he, it sounds like, you know, Andy green was really high on him at different times and that he looked like a different pitcher. And obviously the numbers last year were, were just, just terrible in Texas. Um, he, he walked more than he struck out, but when a guy's coming back from, from an injury, you know, they can have, 
changes, um, you know, quickly over a year, and you're hoping, and it looks like he's not that pitcher. Now, will he get back to the, you know, the guy that he was in 2014, 2015 with the Padres? You, you don't expect that either. Um, you hope it's kind of somewhere in the in the middle area, and that it's close to that close to that level. But uh, it's kind of a, a wait and see type of thing. I think we'll get a a good idea, like you know, a month into the season, three four starts, we'll kind of get an idea of where he's at and uh, what his outlook is. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think the main thing is just going to be can he stay healthy for more than you know a start or two. I mean. I think once he gets yeah. through a few starts, we can maybe start to feel a little bit better about it, but I'm still a little anxious, still a little wary. But, I mean, such a low-risk proposition. I mean, you gave him kind of pretty much no money at all. Um, it's all kind of incentive-laden, so really it's no risk. I mean, if, if he ends up flaming out again, I mean, oh well. Um, if he ends up being a you know good pitcher again, maybe you can get some trade value out of him. Maybe you can kind of redeem yourself for not trading him in the first place, which... We could always go, you know, go back and talk about how they didn't trade him at with the right no, time. No, 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 no. Don't was, uh, even yeah, mention it. Times. Don't. No, 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 no. I no. Say, don't mention I say it. Stay positive here. Too yeah. late. Too late. Too late. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, James, what are your thoughts on uh, Tyson Ross? I, I'm rooting for him. I mean, I think like everyone, every Padre fan, it's, it's nostalgic to have him back in, in a Padre uniform. He he provides a lot of leadership for the for these young guys. I saw him palling around with uh, Lucchese and, and Lauer and, and Quantrill when he was in camp. Uh, it's just it's tough. I, I really am hesitant to think that he'll be able to make thirty plus starts this season. But I, you know I'm rooting for him. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, he's just a, a positive influence on this team. He's been up and down, and, and sometimes uh, young players respect that and, and learn a lot and, and react better from being mentored by someone like that rather than someone who's kind of just had success their whole year. And I, I think that's why Clayton Richard has, has done so well in, in adapting to that mentorship role to, to the young kids as well. Cause he's, I mean, he pitched in uh, in adult baseball three, four, five years ago when, when uh, after he was recovering from his arm surgery. So he's been up and down and uh, it's Annie Green's kind of, developed this locker room with a lot of uh, intangible type players like that. I know you statistic guys don't like to hear that, but people like Hosmer and, and uh, Galvez are, are really good good people, good eggs. And, and then you bring in a, a Ross and, and a Young and, and Richard like that to kind of mentor these young guys. And it's, it's, it's exciting to see what the future brings with these young guys. They're not all going to get it, but some will get it and will become better players for it. This has turned into a, a Easter podcast with your uh, egg reference. Egg reference. <laughs> you said they were good eggs. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's, uh, it's late. It's late. I'm, I'm a little giddy. I'm excited for opening day tomorrow. I, I you know, Padres are, are, are going to be uh, going to be one and zero after tomorrow, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. We'll, we'll see. Um, oh, come on. We got, we'll a, we got a 50 we'll 50 chance at least, right? Uh, maybe like Anything 60 40. Maybe 60 40. <laughs> um, Brewers, Brewers look pretty good this year. Um, so before we uh, get Dustin out of here uh, on with his night, or I guess to bed probably because it's late, um, I wanted yeah. to hit him with some rapid fire. So uh, I'm just going to hit you with a couple questions. Uh, James, if you have any, you can kind of jump into. Um, All right. All right. Uh, so, uh, Dustin, Joey Lucchese, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, what do you see in terms of timetable? So give, give me a date that we first see Joey Lucchese in a, in a Padre uniform. Uh, 15 days into the season. <laughs> that's when the, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. that's, that's when the Padres will, will gain an extra year of control. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure why they're keeping him down. I, I'm not, I don't think that it's, it's fully for, uh, the, the service time. I, I think they probably want to get him some extra experience in triple a, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure the other thing plays into it. So uh, I'll say like, by sometime in May that, that he'll be up, at least. Okay, I, think that, I, I think that's a good call. I think yeah, I think, I think call. that's fair enough. I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, like May. Uh, I, I, I don't mean, think they want to make it too obvious with the, you know, the, the service time. And uh, they probably want to get him, a, you know, a few starts in AAA and, and just see how he does and see if any obvious spots open up for him. So, uh, yeah, mid-May, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think that's Definitely. another thing to consider is when, where does the spot open up as well. Um, that kind of segues me nicely into the next question. Um, I want to talk about Robbie Erlin. Um what do you see over under 15 starts in the big leagues for Robbie Earl this year? I'm going to go with under on that one. You know, it's just the, the main predictor of a, of a pitcher's in, you know, a pitcher injuries is previous injuries. And, and he's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. 
and I, I hope that he stays healthy. But I think even if he does, there's a chance that he gets that he gets pushed out of the rotation. I, I thought he'd be kind of a, a reliever this year. Maybe they try to turn him into like a lefty specialist or kind of a long man. So I think he'll last in the rotation for a while. If he stays healthy, I could still see a, a scenario where he's he's bumped out pretty quickly and kind of either goes back to the minors or goes to the bullpen. All right. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. Nice. Fair enough. Um, kind of, I guess, in, in a, an extension of that question a little bit. Um, Colin Ray, do you think, do we see Colin Ray in a Padre uniform this year? I mean, I think at this point there's lots of options in the rotation. We have Lucchese and Lauer kind of knocking on the door. They've kind of maybe surpassed him a little bit. I mean, Lamette's obviously surpassed him if he can be healthy. Um, I think Erlen maybe has even surpassed him because he is healthy now. Uh, I mean, do we see Colin Ray in a Padre uniform as a starter this year? Uh, that's, that's a tough one. I, I would think if, if you do, it's going to be kind of one of those like random spot starts where, where they need somebody or, or something like that. But I just don't know. You don't know how he's going to come back from the, from the Tommy John. And, you know, even before that, he was, he was kind of a borderline guy. So uh, I'm going to say one start. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, when I ever, whenever I hear Colin Ray, I think of Luis Castillo, the now Reds oh, pitcher. Man. Why, and that yeah. that kind of okay. that kind of breaks my heart. I can't we, talk about I mean, Tyson hey, we, Ross, but you can well, talk about hey, look, this. Look, we already we already did well on the Cashner deal. <laughs> you know, we we don't we don't have to gloat about it. But I just think about wow, how how good would Castillo look in this in this rotation right now? But let's let's talk about positive things. Uh, Dustin, <laughs> are you a Spangenberg or an Aswahi guy at second base? Oh, man, I didn't want to get this one. This is tough. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask I'm you about a, third base next. I'm a uh, Luis Urias guy. Uh, no, there you go. The future, the prospect guy. But, uh, you know, I think they're pretty pretty interchangeable. They, they have different uh, skill sets. And uh, I think I would lean Aswahe just a little bit just because we haven't seen as much from him. But, you know, we haven't seen him play as much. But um, Spangenberg's got more power and can play third base a little bit. So I'm really torn on those two. I think they're more like bench players on, on a good team. So I, I think we are waiting for the prospects. But, you know, I think let both of them go out and, and get some playing time and uh, and see if any see if either of them, you know, really put it together this season. So uh, now, I, now I need your thoughts on third base since we're there. Uh, go, I like I, I like Villanueva there, or... How do you how do you say his name? I said it wrong. Then Via Nueva. Via Nueva. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Via Nueva. I'm yeah. white, I was, so I, I probably yeah, can't no. say it right <laughs> if I tried. Christian Via Nueva. Um, I, I want. I just want to see. I would rather see a younger guy like that, and just to just see what he has over Headley. But um, you know, I I think I, I wrote about that in my first article at the Athletic. How the Padres kind of got stuck with Headley when I I don't think they were planning on it, and the uh, the market kind of shifted on him, and all of a sudden his, his contract looked really bad and. Um, there was just no no real obvious home for them, so they'll stick with them. And I, I hope those guys, you know, they'll, they'll probably split split playing time. I'm guessing they'll lean towards Headley early in the year and see how he does. And uh, but I'm interested in in Villanueva. He's got you know some interesting an interesting profile with a, a contact and, and some power profile. And uh, interested to see how that plays. He's he's not a, a sure thing by any means, but he, he had a good spring, and uh, I hope he gets a, a shot just to to see if he's kind of one of these uh, post-hype prospect guys. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, last question I have for you. Um, give me a number of Padres prospects that make their big league debuts this year. And if, if you want to go on a limb, you can give some names as well if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling risky. Uh, well, Lucchese, um, Urias, U- Urias. I try. I always try to get that right. I know John yeah. Conniff is like the, <laughs> the – uh, <laughs> the pronunciation police on that name. He's, oh, he's got serious? it down, but I always, uh, I, I always, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. But uh, I think those two for sure. Um, if you count Franchi Cordero, still, I don't know if he's technically a prospect, but he'll he'll be up. He is a prospect, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you, do you count him? So that's that's yeah. three. Um, trying to like, like Dude. I can see, like guys are gonna get. I think like you know September call ups. Like, I'm, yeah, sure Eric, yeah. I'm sure Eric Lauer has a chance depending on he how he pitches um i think i see Lauer. So, i think i see Lauer before that that's just me though. yeah no i think he, he could be before it because he's a, he's a more of a polished guy yeah. but like I, I don't know about like you know is fernando tatis gonna get a september call up or some of the uh the real younger guys so i would go with like would you say top were they top guys or just any prospects just any prospects i mean if you're feeling like uh, just, dropping yeah, some i'm gonna go with, go with 
like seven. Seven. If we're counting September call-ups, go seven. Yeah. Okay, I think I think guys I like, yeah, I think some relievers could, like Eric Garcia, yeah, yeah. Trey Wingenter. I don't count relievers. Well, okay. Now we know you feel. I'm just kidding. I do like some relievers, so I'm only kidding there. But, uh, yeah. but no, yeah. It's, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I'll go seven, guys, but it, it'll probably be more. All right, I'll, I'll take ten. James, what do you got? Yeah, sounds better. Uh, I, he's going to go 8.5. I'm going to go in between the two of you, and I think I'm going to go eight. Because right. I, I – there's got to be some middle relievers called up eventually, and this this patchwork rotation is just not going to make it through through the whole season. There's going to be some names. I, I would even I would even count Quantrill in September if everything breaks right for him. But that's just me, so we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, Dustin, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it so much. Uh, Patrick, did you have anything else for Dustin before we let him out of here? No, I just want to say thanks. And uh, obviously for anyone that's not subscribed to either Dustin's newsletter um, or The Athletic, you definitely should. Great content all around from Dustin. Um, There's not a a person who writes about the Padres who is more knowledgeable, who deserves that more than Dustin. So um, mad respect, Dustin. Definitely. I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate you having me on. It's it's a great show, and I listen to you guys all the time. So it's it's fun to be on, and it's fun to talk uh, Padres baseball with you guys. So thanks Th- a lot. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate that very much. And you should feel blessed that we didn't even have to discuss the 973 machine debacle. And, and we, Oh, yeah. You, we forgot about you, that. You <laughs> can get out of here, and you don't even have to, to worry about that mess. That... <laughs> he, can, he can sleep in peace tonight. He doesn't have to think yeah. about it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> All right, Dustin, thanks again. We will have you on shortly. Uh, again, everyone, hit him up at The Athletic. Hit him up at his newsletter. Dustin is uh, very personal. He'll reach out. He'll talk to you. He'll give you his information. He'll give you his insight on, on the team. So, Definitely don't be shy and contact Dustin for sure. Uh, Dustin, again, thank you so much for being on the show. We we love it. We we appreciate it, and uh, we're big fans of you, man. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll be back anytime. Great, man. Thank you. Uh, well, there you go, folks. Sack butt Dustin on just uh, right after being uh, brought on on The Athletics. It's nice to talk to him. Uh, he's sort of a Padre celebrity now, right, right, Patrick? Yeah, man, big, big hot shot, so to speak, right? <laughs> D- nah, D-lister, D-lister. <laughs> hey, that's it. Hey, that's, you're on the list. You're on the I'll list. Take it. Take it. <laughs> nah, D- Dustin. Dustin's uh, uh, very humble. Uh, he's always, he's always a nice guy. Always, always willing to talk and and, and talk Padres. So, Dev definitely deserves it. <laughs> All right, Patrick, I think we're good to go. Uh, If you want to take us out, uh, this was episode 91 of the East Village Times podcast. Yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to 100 before uh, Denelson Lamette comes back. Um, That's the goal now. Um, (laughs) You can find us on Podbean. That's where we're hosted. Uh, Anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Store. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. Uh, we're on Twitter at EBT Podcast. Uh, James is at EBT underscore J Clark uh, at EBT underscore News. Uh, I'm Patrick Brewer ninety three. Uh, we're the East Village Times Podcast, and uh, stay tuned for more uh, content. East Village Times Podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast.